Today we're going to be talking about a subject of fire and being on fire for the Lord. Now, depending on uh, whether you've been in church much during your life or, or what type of church you've been in, you may have heard the phrase, on fire for God. Uh, and of course, not talking about a little literal fire here. We're talking about somebody who's uh, fired up, somebody who is excited about serving the Lord, somebody who is uh, close to the Lord at the moment in their lives. And it's often referred to as being on fire for God. And so I think it's uh, worth taking a look to see uh, some examples of fire in the Word of God and what we can actually learn from how God used fire in His Word to consider how uh, how it means, what it means to be on fire for God and whether that's something that we should strive to be in our lives. Uh, be, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all that we can learn from it. Pray, please help us to learn something today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said before, many people are often uh, talk about getting fired up for God or being on fire for God. I spent many years as a youth pastor and and uh, there were different youth rallies that would even have that as a theme of, of firing up or, or catching fire and things like that. And so it's kind of a popular uh, popular saying among Christianity. And, and it's a thing that we ought to all strive to do, strive to be, is on fire for the Lord. And, and before we get into what exactly that means, I would just give you some examples of of fire in the Word of God. You think about one of the most prevalent examples that people probably think of of fire in the Word of God is found in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 2, and that is the burning bush, uh, where Moses sees the bush that is on fire but is not consumed, and God speaks to him from the bush, and, and so that's a, a very prevalent one. Uh, the pillar of fire in Exodus chapter 13, the nation of Israel follows a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and it leads them. Uh, and then the fiery furnace, of course, is one in Daniel chapter 3, where uh, the Hebrew children are cast into the fiery furnace, and, and one like the Son of God is in there with them, and they are spared from that, from that horrible situation, and they serve God, and they obey God, and God delivers them uh, from that fiery furnace. You've got in Second Kings chapter number 1, when the captains of their 50s being burned from fire from heaven. You've got chariots of fire in Second Kings chapter 6. You've got the incident on Mount Carmel, the, the showdown between the prophets of Baal and the man of God, and the fire coming down from heaven and consuming the altar and the water and the sacrifice and all those things. Uh, you've got uh, the fire the fire being set to the fields of the Philistines. You've got uh, hell and the lake of fire in Revelation chapter 20. Uh, God himself is called a consuming fire in Hebrews 12, 29, and in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, God is called a consuming fire. So many times fire is used in the Bible. It is used uh, as a means to strengthen the relationship between God's people and himself. Uh, fire guides his people, Moses in the wilderness wanderings. Uh, fire shows God's power to his enemies and protection to his children. Think about the fiery furnace. Think about uh, the fire coming down from heaven and consuming those those men in their 50s, those captains in their 50s that were trying to take captive the man of God. Uh, fire comforts and assures his people. You think about uh, you think about the chariots of fire that the servant of the prophet saw surrounding them uh, when they were surrounded by the enemy armies, and the prophet prays that the eyes of the young man would be open, and he looks and he sees chariots of fire surrounding that enemy army and showing that God is with them and that God is stronger. Uh, fire gives 
his people a sign of his power to return them to worshiping him like in mount carmel uh, they had made the decision whichever god answers by fire if it be our if it be god or if it be baal whichever god answers by fire we will serve and the fire came down from heaven at, at the prophet's command, at the prophet's prayer, and, and consumed the altar, and consumed the sacrifice, consumed the stones, licked up the water. And the people said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And so when you look at fire in the word of God, so often it's all about the Lord and, and our relationship with him. There's a lot we can learn. And knowing what fire is and what it does and what it's used for, we can kind of assess in our own lives whether or not we are on fire for God, whether or not we are someone who would be on fire for the Lord. Now, there's a few things that that fire does, no matter what the situation, that I think we can, we can consider when we think about whether or not we're on fire for God. Now, before we get into that, I, I want to clarify here, every single Christian should be on fire for God. Every single Christian should be fired up about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single Christian should be trying to be as close to God as they can be, as intimate with God as they can be, as knowledgeable of God as they can be, as as studious in the scriptures as they can be. Uh, that's, that's what we talk about when we say somebody's fired up for God or on fire for God. It's not that they just show up for church and listen to the preaching and leave. It's that they come to church excited for the services and they leave and they come back for the evening service and they come back for the midweek service and they come back for the youth group or the senior group or whatever group it is and they do all they can to, to get as much of the preaching as they can, as much as the, of the fellowship as they can, of the worship as they can. They witness to others. They put out tracks to others. They just can't do enough for their Lord that is what it means to be on fire for God. Somebody who is who is making a difference for the Lord and desires to serve the Lord, that's somebody who is on fire for God. Not just somebody who is, you know, just kind of, I attend church, I'll come to church, I'll talk to people about the Lord if, they, if the opportunity comes up, but I'm not that, you know, I'm not that excited about it. Not that fervent about it, I guess you could say. So let's see from the Word of God. A few things that fire does, a few ways that fire behaves, and consider ourselves, do we match this description? Are we on fire for God? First of all, if you think back to that burning bush, um, one of the things that fire does is it draws attention to something. You know, somebody driving down the street, you see, you see a big fire, you see a house on fire or something, that's an attention-getting thing. Uh, fire draws attention. Now, in the story of the burning bush, of course, fire drew attention to God and to his message. The bush that was on fire was a marvelous and wonderful thing. It was a great sight to behold. But the bush wasn't the main thing. The main thing was God wanted to talk to Moses. And he used that fire in that bush to draw Moses in, to draw that, to capture his attention so that he could have that conversation. Now, we ought to be drawing attention to God and his message as well. We ought to act as though we are that burning bush, drawing attention to the Lord, drawing attention to his message. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, the Apostle Paul writes, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified, 
And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He says here, I came to you in such a way that it wasn't me. You could know and you could see it wasn't me. It was God. It wasn't my message. It was God's message. It wasn't my abilities. It was God's abilities. So if we're going to be on fire for God, we ought to be drawing attention to God and to his message. If we're going to be on fire to, for God, one, thing other, uh, one other thing that we're going to be by default is intimidating. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that you should try to be intimidating others, not to inspire fear of ourselves and to others. That's not what I mean. What I mean here is by our lives and by our actions, we ought to inspire a holy and righteous fear of God in others. A fear of God is a good thing. Uh, the fear and respect for God and his authority, a fear and respect of God and knowing who he is and, and what that means for us, uh, that's a good thing. Second Corinthians 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Proverbs 9.10 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We ought to be promoting the fear of God in our society, at our job site, in our families. If there was more godly fear of the Lord in our culture, we wouldn't see things spiraling out of control the way that we are. We wouldn't see sin as rampant as it is because the fear of God is necessary that intimidating factor of there is a righteous and holy God up there and he cares what I do, that alone helps to, helps to quell the unrighteousness that is going on today. But today there's no fear of God. So we ought to be drawing attention to God and his message. We ought to be uh, showing the fear of God and be an, an intimidation in that sense uh, against wickedness. Uh, we ought to be warning of judgment you think about fire, and of course, in the Word of God, we had uh, the fires of hell and the fires of the lake of fire for all eternity. We ought to be warning people of those things if we are ourselves on fire for God. In Acts chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, the Apostle Paul does just that in his testimony before Felix. The Bible says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. Uh, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Now, of course, that's a pretty poor response to, to put it off and to not make a decision there. But you see there, he trembled when he was told of the judgment to come. And, and we ought to be telling people of that judgment as well, not because... Uh, not because we want to scare people, but because we want people to understand that, hey, you are on a road and there is a bridge out up ahead. And if you keep going down this road that you're going down, you are going to die. And, and spiritually speaking, of course, we're talking about heaven and hell for all of eternity. We need to be telling people that there is a fire that is coming that is eternal, that is going to hurt for all eternity and they need to be prepared, and they need to understand how they can avoid that flame, how they can keep from suffering under that flame for all of eternity. We need to be telling them that there's a judgment involving fire in their future if they don't know the Lord. 
And then the fourth thing, so far we have drawing attention to God and his message. We have uh, intimidating, inspiring the fear of God uh, in people, uh, warning of judgment and of death and hell. Uh, and then fourthly, one thing that we ought to be for ourselves, not just outwardly to others, but for ourselves, if we're going to be on fire for God, we need to be consumed by the word of God. We need, we need to be consumed and allow the Word of God to just envelop us in our lives. We need to desire the Word of God in our lives. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8 is a, a wonderful verse to memorize. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, shalt thou, uh, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good good success. We ought to be desiring the word of God in our lives. We ought to be consumed by the word of God in our lives because that is the most beneficial thing in our lives is God's word. We ought to be consumed by God's word if we're going to be on fire for God. We ought to also be spreading. Now, I've heard said, I don't know the scientific accuracy of this or not, but I've heard spread uh, said that a fire spreads... It doubles in size every 30 seconds. Now, I again, I don't know how true that is. I've worked around fire a, a lot in my life, I've, but I'm not, you know, I'm no firefighter or anything like that. But fire does spread. Fire spreads uncontrollably sometimes, and that's a problem. But when it comes to the Christian faith, if we are on fire for God, one of the things we're going to be doing automatically is spreading. We're going to be spreading the gospel. We're going to be spreading the good news it's just going to rub off of us. You think about um, if if you were to light something on fire and, and roll it down a hill, and you know, and it just you just see that path of flames coming up behind it, and and it just everywhere it goes, things catch on fire, and everything it touches catches on fire. And you think about something like that visually in your mind. Now picture yourself if you are spiritually on fire for God, and you are walking around. In, in in the world that you live in, in the, the typical day of yourself, does that fire, is that fire intense enough for others to notice? Is it intense enough for others to ask about? Is it intense enough that it spreads even if the ground is damp and the people aren't that receptive? Is the fire in your life that you have for the Holy Spirit, is that fire of, of desiring the Word of God, is that fire of desiring Christ in your life, is that going to be something that spreads? Or is it just a little candle flicker? We ought to be on fire for God, and we ought to be on fire for God to the extent that others can see the Lord in us.